marketers focused on finding and targeting their ideal customers at scale. I'm your host, Monique Ruiz. As you may know, Claritas recently released a white paper called 10 Tips for Acquisition Email Success. And in this report, we shared best practices gathered from acquisition email campaigns we've deployed on behalf of our own clients. But we didn't realize just how successful the white paper would be. So we started talking about extending the conversation beyond paper and bringing it to the podcast. As hard to believe as it may sound, a lot of companies aren't doing acquisition email campaigns. And if they are, they're unfortunately not doing them well or right. So for this month's episode of the podcast, we're talking all about acquisition email campaigns. What exactly are they? How do they differ from CRM email campaigns? And what kind of strategy or approach is needed to be successful with one? Plus, we'll get into what the competition for customers looks like and what sets providers who offer email campaign execution solutions apart from what you as a company can do on your own. We have a lot to get through, so I want to go ahead and introduce my guest, David McPhillips, who's a VP of sales here at Claritas and has a strong background in executing successful acquisition email campaigns. David, welcome to the Marketing Insider. Thank you, Monique. It's good to be here. Good to have you. And since this is the first time that you've been a guest on the podcast, and you're still a little bit relatively new here at Claritas, can you give our listeners a little bit of your background and your areas of expertise so they can get to know you better? Sure. So as you mentioned, um, you know, I'm the vice president of new business development with a particular focus in financial services, which is where my background primarily lies. I've been doing direct marketing for a long time. Um, I've, I started my career at Chase on the client side um, and worked there for many years and uh, then made a transition, first working at a relatively um, early stage marketing agency and um, then transitioning and working at Epsilon, Zeta Global most recently, and at Claritas now since um, last August. Nice. So I want to start off with the basics for this podcast, because you heard me say in my intro, and you know this all too well, but people don't really know and understand what an acquisition email campaign is. So the name is pretty self-explanatory, but can you break it down for us? What is an acquisition email campaign, and why would you have a different approach or strategy for this kind of campaign than you would for a CRM email campaign? Yeah, so... um... As you said, the name to some degree does sort of self-define the the difference between a CRM campaign. So I think that um, while people probably do understand that an email acquisition program is designed to acquire brand new customers, Mm -hmm. they may not have quite as much um, insight or perspective as to what the differences are, which are significant. And so um, a channel... Um, exists for most companies where email to current customers has a sort of a mature marketing cadence as well as servicing associated with it. But when it comes to acquisition email, there is no similar channel with internal employees supporting Mm -hmm. said channel. And so um, the the Claritas email acquisition solution sort of brings to market some of the uh, unique and important capabilities that are associated with the the act of email acquisition. And that's what we'll be sort of calling out and talking about today. Yeah, I was surprised when you and I first started talking about joining up for 
for this episode, just how much confusion there is out there with companies thinking that they're doing acquisition emails when really they are doing CRM email campaigns and kind of just happen to have a few prospects thrown into the mix. So hopefully we can um, explain and clear up any, any confusion. And I know that email, it gives businesses the opportunity to engage with prospects one-to-one, but are there any other benefits to acquisition email campaigns that maybe aren't as obvious, but are equally as important? Well, it's a great question. And I think that, you know, email acquisition is really sort of a hybrid of a, you know, direct mail, uh, PII, personally identifiable information um, anchored marketing effort and a digital effort that's typically um, anchored more off of cookie. So in other words, emails have many of the features that digital campaigns have associated with them, quicker turnaround, lots of testing, um, fast distribution, et cetera. And um, also brings a capability that typically only is found in the direct mail or PII-based campaigns, mm-hmm. such as a deterministic ability to identify an individual. So what you can do when, when bringing email marketing to um, your marketing curriculum is connect email to some of the digital channels that you're probably doing today, whether it's social, display, um, podcasts, any other co- you know, cookie or token-oriented um, probabilistic techniques and actually convert those into deterministic. And while that might sound confusing, it's actually pretty simple. It just literally gives you the ability to um, use email to anchor the the marketing efforts and therefore determine exactly what your return on investment is, Mm -hmm. not only with the email campaign, but also with social and display, which you may not actually be able to do today in a very deterministic manner. Yeah, what you're saying about sort of linkages, that's probably, um, at least in my mind, a key reason why it's helpful to have a data partner who can actually handle that for you or guide you through the process, rather than just trying to do everything in-house. Because, you know, even though you explained it pretty simply, uh, it probably can be confusing. And I know Budgets are always a factor, but sometimes the pluses do outweigh those budget considerations. And that said, how important is the depth and breadth of data associated with an email address? Should that be a major consideration when you are selecting a partner for um, email acquisition execution? Yeah, I think there's sort of two different things that go into most marketing channels and people sort of forget about one or the other and focus on the other typically. Mm -hmm. So with email, number one, there's um, a dynamic associated with just the channel. So you may bring the best data to bear in, in selecting an audience, but choose to email somebody who doesn't necessarily engage with email from a marketing perspective. And so it's very important that in doing any email email effort, you identify anything you can about the prior um, experience that you have with the physical email address and whether there's been deliverability and engagement, whether it's open click or purchase, the, the further down the funnel, the better. And then secondarily, while you might 
identify those responsive emails, you may know very little else about the individual associated with that email address. So one of the primary things that we focus on is our segmentation and our ability to sort of have a very wide view of each consumer. So we connect every email address that we have with our full suite of data products and have the ability to really hone in on specific individuals and and groups of individuals to try to um, target the appropriate people, not only from a email responsive perspective, but also from a sort of an an audience, a a known um, entity of, of the audience and who you're actually marketing to. Yeah. And if you are newer to the sort of prospecting campaigns or you haven't worked with a partner before, i.e. you do and did handle all uh, emails in-house, are there any metrics that you should sort of expect or any kind of things to keep in mind for what makes a campaign successful? I think your answer might be helpful to the listeners if they are comparing what they're doing now um, to making decisions, if it's the right move for their business to explore outside help. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, again, a couple of things to to consider. First of all, the, um, the there's a whole aspect to email acquisition associated with the the IPs that they're delivered from. And so I think the notion of doing in-house email acquisition is one that um, companies need to consider very significantly prior to pursuing that path. But having said that, the to answer your question very directly, the Open rates and click rates, which are the sort of front end metrics that we have the most insight into from email acquisition programs, there's sort of a almost inverse dynamic associated with performance relative to the more familiar CRM dynamics. So where you have a known brand and an email engagement with a current customer, your open rates are significantly higher than in an acquisition campaign. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of, you know, kind of common sense that that would be the the situation. There's going to be less um, people opening a, a brand new acquisition offer than if they're engaged with the brand currently. Right. And inversely, the um, click rate, which is the uh, once you did did open the email, again, there's sort of an inverse where we find on the acquisition side that the consumers that do in fact open the email, there's a really nice um, click rate. So so there's a lot associated with that, including a very important aspect of strategy to get people to open the emails. Because once they do, you really have the opportunity to communicate to an engaged individual. So, you know, we use very broadly somewhere between two and a half and 5% open rates somewhere between 25 and 40% click rates. There's a lot of things that go into that, the specific vertical, the compelling nature of the particular offer, uh, just the brand's positioning within their own market, et cetera. But in broad terms, those are directionally kind of the the numbers that I think uh, the listeners can uh, focus on as far as sort of specking out a potential campaign. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And those... Uh stats definitely give you a lot to think about it. I think it is important to kind of reiterate that the numbers do vary across industry. So you can't just look at one specific number and say, hey, that's the number we have to hit or we're not successful. But I think um, 
your answer there kind of put us at a great point to take a quick commercial break. Uh, we do have a lot more we want to talk about, so we'll be right back. So stick around. Hey there, marketers. You heard me mention a white paper at the beginning of this episode, but I want to make sure you have a chance to access it. In 10 Tips for Acquisition Email Success, Claritas shares real-world experience from more than 300 client acquisition email campaigns across multiple industries, including what metrics provide a true measure of a campaign's success. We'll provide you with tips to seamlessly integrate acquisition email into your media mix to drive more effective and efficient one-on-one engagement with your best prospects. Find it on our website, www.claritas.com. Click on the Insights tab and navigate to resources to download your free copy. And now, back to the podcast. So now that we've had a chance to get a sip of water during that commercial break, let's go ahead and continue the conversation. So David, I know every company has their various taglines and Claritas is definitely no exception to that rule. And sometimes you hear us say that we help you reach the right inbox at the right time. And maybe this is a silly question, but is the right time referring to the actual time of day or something else? So it's actually, um, I, it's it's a great question again. And I think that the the theme of my answers today seems to be that there are sort of two ways to um, look at certain things. And I, and I think that in this case, there really is a literal aspect to that tagline that's appropriate. As, con- as consumers ourselves, each of us, we have some insight into how we, in fact, engage with our email inbox. And, you know, especially in non-COVID times, whether you're, a, you know, taking a train to work an hour in, in the morning, and an hour home, or you're driving and looking at your devices at at lunch, at work, or whatever, there's obviously times that you're probably going to be more more well-receiving of or have more time to invest in actually reviewing the email offers that Mm -hmm. are in your personal inbox. So we have a practice at Claritas of, of capturing all that information and actually determining the literal best time to reach you regarding different types of messages, what device you're accessing your email inbox with during those timeframes, et cetera. So there is that whole um, notion of right right time that's associated from a literal standpoint and how I explained. But there's also more of a you know stage of of life or decision making stage that's associated as well. And as you asked before about the the data that you can look at in association with the email address, we do have the ability with the expansive and, and wide data set that we have on each email address to identify the right time to extend particular offers to individuals. So propensity scores and, and the ability to try to determine when somebody might need a new auto insurance policy or is in the market to buy you know, vacation clothing or, or whatever it might be. So there's more of a proverbial right, right time associated with that tagline as well, which has more to do with the stage of a decision making or, or need that a consumer may be filling. Okay. That makes sense. 
And something that Claritas does that I'm sure some other providers do, maybe some other providers don't, but we do a three-time deployment of campaigns, and that's kind of standard with our own delivery services. But what would be the purpose of doing something like that, and why should a company really care about that or potentially incorporate it into what they're currently doing? So I think that the best way to think about this concept is like any other marketing effort, you get smarter as you do more of it and hopefully. the more diversified, <laughs> hopefully, exactly a good point. <laughs> um, but there's a diversification as well across many verticals that feeds broader insights as well. Mm -hmm. And so while we mentioned before that opens and clicks may vary by vertical, you start to see certain commonality across verticals as well that you can draw conclusions. Okay, this is a higher overall open or click rate or both when we employ these tactics across whatever vertical. And so things like that, um, the more you do, the more you learn, mm -hmm. as I said before. And so we have our, our best strategy in place and the best strategy right now is three-time deployment. Um, as far as the, the literal reason for that, um, I think the, there, there are some nuanced email dynamics associated with that strategy. But if you just, again, think of it as, as being a consumer yourself, you may see a, um, an offer from a brand that you're familiar with, but not currently um, a customer of in any meaningful way that you know, may go in your inbox. You may deprioritize it. It may, in fact, not even be read for a period of time, et cetera. And so many times when folks first do email marketing, that's the end of their effort. They've deployed the one time and they're reliant on somebody coming back and somebody getting around to reading the email. Yeah. And so what we found is that the sort of the gradual introduction of the brand with, with round one, and in, in fact, a creative approach that's consistent with this philosophy, and then following up about a week later with a second email with, a, again, a sort of a gradual creative approach to maybe a, a bit more of a direct call out to take action in that second email, and then following up a week later with a very direct sort of you know, click here, buy now, um, take action, whatever that might be. And we've just very simply found that that's the most effective way to, to maximize results in email campaigns. So we always like to challenge our, our observed best practices. Mm -hmm. So we're always testing additional um, approaches and love it when uh, customers challenge any aspect of what we classify as best practices because we always want to evolve and learn together. And oftentimes there's, you know, factors at play that, um, that real results flesh out where otherwise you wouldn't see, you know, a, be a best practice evolution. And so that's, uh, that's where we are today and, and why we employ that three-time strategy. Okay. Yeah. And when the customer challenges you, it, it can only make you a better provider for them and on the back end, help you do better for other customers as well. So I like that you mentioned that there. Mm -hmm. 
Good. Uh, an increase in ROI. It's always something that will kind of perk ears up, but still thinking back to budget concerns and making sure you're investing wisely. Not everyone buys a product from a company by clicking on their email ad. Is there a better way to measure conversion rates so you don't mistakenly drop an advertising channel like email, for example, because you don't think it's performing up to par? Yeah. And I think this is the Probably the the primary point that anybody who's you know considering doing email acquisition really focuses on, and it may be a little bit counterintuitive, but the reality is that the there are only certain offers and certain types of 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 extensions of of a particular action to be taken, um, where a direct click from the email really does happen. And so the fact is there's an enormous amount of contribution that email brings to the table and and is only identifiable through what, you know, there's a, a, a series of different ways to refer to it, but basically a back-end analysis where you take any new customers that were booked during the campaign life of the email campaign and match that back to the email population. And if you create a control cell that's statistically valid, which is incredibly important as part of attribution for email campaigns in general, specifically associated with the point we're talking about right now, um, you'll be able to very cleanly read the incremental lift or value that an acquisition email campaign brought. Mm -hmm. So I know that's maybe a little technical or complicated, but the, but the really simple message here is that email, if you analyze it properly, which requires that matchback, almost always, whether it's a standalone or a multi-channel effort, does in fact return on investment um, in a way that's viewed positively by advertisers. So I think that the, um, the, the need to structure it properly and be willing to do the attribution or measurement of the campaign in the manner that we're speaking about right now will be a, yeah, perfectly stated in the question. It, it would be the difference between evaluating the spend as being worth it or, um, or shutting down the campaign and losing what is truly an effective marketing strategy. Right. And we do talk more about measurement in general because it is, I mean, it's a beast and it's a, a conversation in itself. But we talked more about that in last month's episode of the podcast. So listeners, just kind of a plug for that episode. If you want to know more about just measurement in general and why you should actually be measuring the success of your campaigns, go ahead and listen to March's episode of the podcast. But David, we've um, kind of chatted for some time now today, so I want to go ahead and wrap things up with just one final question for you. So we've talked about what acquisition email campaigns are, why you need to be doing them, and kind of what to expect when you do them successfully. But is there anything that would make a marketer hesitate to consider making acquisition emails a focus or a bigger focus in their marketing mix? So I think that there's a, a few things at play. One, the early stages of email acquisition had some sort of missteps that um, are kind of across the board. One of the primary ones was um, taking direct mail approaches and 
essentially transitioning them directly to email, mm. which led to a lot of companies sort of having unsuccessful efforts in their early stages. And, you know, we touched on many of the reasons why that wouldn't work. The, one of the primary ones being the email engagement itself. There's a population of people that are direct mail responsive that are, you know, in many instances different to those that engage with email from a, you know, sort of a demographic and psychographic profile perspective. The other thing that, you know, became an issue until I think it was 03 with canned spam was the sort of the sensitivity around um, some of the bad actors that are at play with with email and how they use the the marketing channel. Yeah. And so you're right. The, the there's again because there's a nuanced sort of dynamic associated with navigating some of those things. What um, what we found is that you know having working with a partner that does really understand any of the sensitivities, whether there's legislative or regulatory components, which there are by by verticals, um, or you know, can spam compliance issues or any sort of brand um, concerns with associating with a channel that has had some negative press. I think that the, you know, working with a partner that really knows how to navigate those things and, and keep customers sort of assured that their brand and their concerns are our concerns and taking advantage of the benefits of the channel, which really, again, is return on investment um, and, and new customers that you can book efficiently with a sort of a analytic learning path, et cetera, that's very desirous that the challenges with some of those concerns that you referenced in your question um, can be put at rest. Those are all good things to know. And I, I think it's important to kind of talk about both the successes and the, you know, the missteps and the learnings. So um, those were good to know. Thank you. So thanks again, David, for being the guest today. You've definitely answered a lot of the questions that I've seen come up since we did release uh, Claritas's 10 tips for acquisition email success white paper. So much appreciated having you as a guest on the podcast. I enjoyed it. Thank you very much for having me, Monique. Of course. You're welcome back anytime. <laughs> thanks. So in addition to thanking David for being on the episode, I want to thank those of you listening at home or on the go. If you're interested in even more about email acquisition campaigns, check out the show notes. We have a ton of free resources linked, including our special podcast blog series called Beyond the Episode. So check it out on our website, www.claritas.com. If you've not already, please take a moment to follow the Marketing Insider so you never miss an episode. Rate us five stars on your podcast app of choice, our favorite being Spotify, and share us with a friend or colleague so we can keep the conversation going. And with that, we'll see you next time with a brand new episode. Bye now. Bye.